Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Tricky Takes podcast. Uh, I'm Connor, and I've got my usual co-host, Billy and Austin, here with me. What's up? What's up, everybody? (laughs) And uh, this week, we are doing another mock draft, but instead of just the three of us, we've gotten a couple of our friends. Some of them have been on the show before talking. Uh, That includes Peyton Davila and Caleb Perdue. Uh, Caleb was on a couple of times for some baseball and Peyton was on, if you'll remember, for the NFL draft preview that we did this year. So super happy to have them back. And then like we talked about at the end of last week's episode uh, with the new content group that we're with, the Box Score Network, uh, we've got Simon Short, uh, Mm -hmm. who is part of that network with us. And uh, real quick, Simon, just let him know which podcast is yours. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, you can find me on the Stat Sheet Podcast on Tuesdays and the Simon Short Podcast on Thursdays. But yeah, so that's who we got here with us. Uh, we were hoping to get a few more guys from the network on. Uh, unfortunately, they were just unavailable, but I'm going to kick it over to Austin. He is going to random number generate us to get the draft orders that we're going to be taking. Uh, while he's getting it set up, uh, very similar to what we did last time, just the three of us, you know, just one quarterback, one, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and then four bench spots. So it's just an 11 round draft. And, uh, we're going to go through it. Like I said, just like we did last year or last time, uh, just a few more people. So Austin, why don't you, uh, hook us up with that draft order? All right. So the draft order, we're using a random number generator here, make it all fair. Uh, Caleb, you'll be receiving your draft picks spot first. You will be receiving pick five. So go ahead and claim pick five. I can live with that. Uh, Peyton, you are up next. You are going to get pick eight. Simon will be next. Simon will receive pick nine. Connor will be next. He will get six. This is a middle loaded draft so far. Billy up next. Pick 10. And finally, my turn. I get Evan. pick four. Rigged. It's rigged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Austin controls it. Well, this is about as real as it gets. We all have shitty picks. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Things last time, what, me and Billy, I think, were two and three. Or me and I was Austin. one. I was like one and two, and then Billy was like eight or nine or something. Yeah. Billy just doesn't get good picks. Yeah, I'm usually like in the seven range. Wait, so yeah, you we have consistent. So no one's got one, two, three. Then we've got four, five, six. No one has seven. And, and then we've no got one has eight, 11 and 12. And I've got eight, nine, 10. Yes, no one has 11 and 12. Okay, so yeah, this will be this will be interesting. Um, yeah. We're just going to go ahead and start the mock. We'll see what the uh, the bots do up top. Or. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Christian McCaffrey go off the board. Um, I don't in that order. I <laughs> listen. I had, the, up. I had the first overall pick last one we did, and I took CMC first overall. I think I'm still standing by that. Um, Jamar I don't Chase, hate JJ. No, no, no. I I respect the the Justin Jefferson pick, but I think McCaffrey's worth the pick at two or one. I um, would even take Chase over Cup. I would too. I mean, I tend to agree, um, but I'm rising on Cooper Cup again. I like, I don't know. I, he's just so damn good. Um, but I feel like we just have no idea what we're going to see out of this Rams offense this year. Yeah. 
lot has yeah. changed yeah. since they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Chase is Since people like you are rising on him, that is why I've sold most of my shares. I'm just trying to get that value out now. I don't know what's going to happen. It's people like you, Austin Free. people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and take Jamar Chase. Uh, that's that's a pretty easy pick there. I, this I don't know if this is a, I mean, this might be a take that's had amongst other platforms and stuff, but I mean, I think there's a case that Chase could go. Like, it could, if you took Chase number one, I don't have a problem with it. I do. No. I I think taking him over Justin Jefferson is crazy. Like I, I think taking him over anybody else, like including Christian McCaffrey, is not. Yeah, if you like are just a if you're fading running backs early, or if you're going zero RB, or if your draft strategy says I'm not taking running back in the first round, then yes, Jamar Chase number two makes sense. Totally. But uh yeah, Caleb, your turn. You're on the clock. Okay, just to clarify, half PPR. Yep. Redraft type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Not keeper, yeah, not dynasty. Redraft. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna go Travis Kelsey. I was okay. tempted. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. gonna be the first year that I don't. I've actually never drafted Travis Kelsey because I'm like a tight end in the first round, and then year after year he puts up a hundred more fantasy points than the second best tight end, and it's like just too much of an positional advantage in a standard half PPR league that I think you're going to be seeing him go in the top five a lot this year. I think we're at the point with Kelsey where a a long time it took people to buy into the fact of taking him in the first round because everybody projected the fall off at some point. And I think it's going to come at some point, but I think we're at the point in time with him where he's done it throughout every single year to the point where we have to take him in the first round, no matter what. And if it's the year that he falls off, you just kind of have to live with it. And I'd rather draft him and have that happen than not draft him in the first, I think at this point. Agreed. Because he's not falling to the second in pretty much any format. Yes. Now it's up to me. And because like you said, Caleb is half PPR. I'm taking Austin Eckler. Uh, I don't think he'll be, great after this season depending on what his situation turns out to be but uh, i don't see any reason why the chargers aren't going to just absolutely ride him and especially with that new oc i think it's going to turn that offense around i like the pick so it looks like i'm up now and i don't know about you guys but i definitely am a tier-based drafting um stan if you want to call me that but uh to me it looks like there's a ton of running backs left that are kind of all in the same tier together. And I'm going to go ahead and just take a shot at an elite right receiver who I think has insulated production in AJ Brown. Um, I think that he just is going to probably be somewhere between wide receiver seven, wide receiver five on the year. And I'm not going to have to worry about it. So good pick. Yeah, I like it. Also to mention, there's a there's a bot pick in between Austin or Connor and Peyton, and Tyreek Hill went there, so we didn't yes. pass up on Tyreek Hill. Or it definitely would have been uh, Tyreek as my pick, if not um, for the bot. So this is tough. I am very much. I'm up at nine. I am very much a skip over the running back in the first round, but all the receivers that I really like are gone. This nine spot is really tough. You're getting close to, uh, as we were just saying with the tiers where you're kind of like this tail end of tier one or top end of tier two, if you're saying, and you could kind of extend the wide receiver a bit. 
And guys, I'm really interested in Bijan Robinson and what that's going to look like this year for the Falcons. So that's the direction I'm going to go. So I'm going to go take a running back here and swing on Bijan here at pick nine. I like that, especially with what they've done with running backs the last two years. I mean, with Cordero and uh, Tyler Algier, I mean, no one really expected much out of either of those guys, and they were such huge producers. So imagining his talent and that offense and the other weapons they finally got built up around him, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, so that brings it to me at 10. And really high on both A.J. Brown and Bajon Robinson. So tough situation for me uh, based on how I want my draft to go. Um, I do agree there isn't a receiver that I love here. There is one guy that stands out, and he's a running back. And he's got an interesting situation coming up this year and a lot of contract talks with his team, and that is Saquon Barkley. Coming off an injury, you know, last year we saw with, you know, Brian Dable coming in as well, kind of reinvented the offense, got Daniel Jones, you know, more comfortable in that offense, and that benefited Saquon Barkley. They've spent a lot of draft capital on the O-line. I just think Saquon's too talented here to pass up. For me, it's a coin flip, really, between him and Jonathan Taylor. Um, But I think I like... Jeez, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. <laughs> Those are two really similar players. I'm going to go Saquon here just because I think he has a higher overall ceiling than uh, Jonathan Taylor this upcoming year. And then we see a run, uh, like a little run of running backs going. So Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, both off the board at 11 and 12. Flips around to the second round. C.D. Lamb goes 2-1. Stephon Diggs at the 2-2. So that brings it to me again. <laughs> I got to say, Billy, I agree with your pick of Saquon over Jonathan Taylor. I think this early in the summer, uh, we just have to assume that Barkley's going to be playing. And same with anybody who's having some yeah. sort of like holdout or anything. As it gets closer to football season, those worries if, might you know tick up if they, they're still not resolved. But for now, I'm assuming they're going to be resolved, and I'm taking Saquon over Taylor. Another point in favor of Barkley is that Barkley didn't necessarily see any dip in production, even though Daniel Jones was taking some of the rushing touchdown upside away. Whereas with the Colts, we didn't really see a whole lot of, you know, rushing threat outside of Jonathan Taylor when he was healthy. And I think with Anthony Richardson, I think that there's a possibility that Jonathan Taylor's touchdown upside is going to go down and we may see him score closer to the, eight touchdown range or seven touchdowns on the year, as opposed to the, you know, getting close and flirting with the double digits and even up um, above the double digit uh, benchmark as far as touchdowns go. Yeah, that's a really good point as well. So I like my pick now. Thank you guys. Saquon <laughs> Barkley at 10. Uh, well, it brings it back around to me. You know what? I'm going to surprise some people. I'm going to take Pat Mahomes. It's early for me. I wouldn't take him here in a real draft, but lock down a quarterback, get high value. I don't really love anybody else right here. I feel like I'd be kind of reaching on some other, you know, receivers or, or running backs that are on the board. Um, so I'm gonna wait it out on the receiver position and uh, see what I can do later on. So, th- I mean, this is what mock drafts are for, though. You right, take, yeah. Yeah, you, you you can see how the rest of the team builds mm-hmm. if you and, take Pat in that spot. Yeah, right. And, and I mean, I just. I mean, for me, Pat's not my first quarterback. Is I mean, Pat is your number one. I mean, different. You know, fantasy football is totally different than 
you know, real life NFL football to me, Pat's not my, the first quarterback on my rankings for fantasy football. Patrick Mahomes is mine. Uh, He is until he isn't in my opinion, kind of like the Travis Kelsey round one debate, you know, he's a first round guy until he isn't. Uh, We saw last year, you know, Tyree kill leave, you know, obviously you still got Travis Kelsey. We didn't really know how Pat Mahomes was going to produce, and he still was the number one quarterback overall. I think he's got, you know, similar offense, more familiar familiarity with guys like Kadarius Tony. Sky Moore is getting a lot of hype. So uh, I think he'll be fun. Yeah. All right. I'm up he's next. He's going to be that guy. Go ahead, Simon. Sorry, Connor. I'm up next, and I think I'm. we'll just continue this conversation because I am wondering if I'm going to take the guy Austin was talking about. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and pull the trigger on Jalen Hurts here. Um, he was third overall among quarterbacks uh, in, in total points last season, I believe first in, in average points yeah. if you average it out for him. Um, and I think this year – just another I don't think the offense is going to change much because even with Shane Steichen leaving the the blueprint of the offense was the same it was the year before it's Sirianni's offense Steichen was just the play caller I think Hertz is just going to continue to get better as a passer I think those receivers are going to continue to get better playing off of each other um and that running upside with Hertz is just too high to pass up and you know the quarterback position in fantasy drafts it's not what it was even three years ago, unless five years, 10 years ago, when when you wait till round nine and you just take the pocket passer, even if he's an elite quarterback in the league, um, getting one of these guys with, with the ground game as well, in addition to a Patrick Mahomes, is just that much of a league separate, that much of a team separator in a league, having that next level quarterback. So I'm going to pull the trigger here on Jalen Hurts in the second round. That and the fact that he's got the best offensive line in the league and hasn't had really any changes around him as a whole on the team. I mean, you've got to understand he's got the best situation going in. And, you know, he's he's got a little chip on his shoulder after that Super Bowl loss, it seems like. And just as an observation, uh, just as fantasy as a whole, uh, to Simon's point, I find it very interesting that we're getting to a place in fantasy with quarterbacks specifically that it's very cyclical in that we're almost getting back to the point where uh, we were in the late 2000s where we were drafting the Brett Favre's and we were drafting the Peyton Manning's and the Tom Brady's in like the first and early second round. I don't know that we're going to get to that point, but I do find it interesting that quarterbacks, especially the elite ones, are getting propped up into the second and third round and people have much less of a problem with taking them that early now. Well, because but, they're so valuable to your team. I mean, these right. guys are producing... 25 plus points a week in most standard leagues so right. I mean, that, that's just something you can't replace right especially over the you know the second tier of quarterbacks because it does seem that there's a bigger drop off now in these last two years from the qb 10 to the qb 16 and it, how there's a much larger gap between that top 10 and the rest of the league um anyways but to to move on um I, I this next guy is a really interesting case this year to me because I think that a lot of people have a little bit of dynasty brain when it comes to this guy. And I'm going to take Derrick Henry because I think that people are overthinking the age thing a little bit too much and the whole Tennessee Titans roster management thing. It, the Titans are not necessarily the they haven't been a team that people have viewed as a 
pillar of success over the past few years. But whenever we look back at it, they have been a stable team on both sides of the ball for the past, I guess you could say three seasons. And it seems that no matter who is going in and out from the roster, um, that Derrick Henry's production has been extremely stable in that situation. And I'm just going to trust that it's going to remain stable this year as well. Yeah. Uh, so I, I knew you were going to take running back right there, Peyton. And I was really hoping that you didn't take the one I wanted and you didn't. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, in between our picks, uh, Devontae Adams get taken by the bot. But uh, I wouldn't normally go running back rounds one and two. But just because of who fell to me in the positions that I'm drafting, uh, I've got to do it. I'm taking Josh Jacobs to pair up with Austin Eckler. I don't like a lot of the running backs that I know will make it back around to me as much. And this way I know I've got two guys that I can just set and forget all year round. Uh, there's a lot of wide receivers that you can get in, you know, the low tier two, tier three. You can expect to have a, a bunch of big weeks, but these running backs are a bit more inconsistent. So I think that getting two of them and, you know, the top tier running back or upper, you know, top tier guys, especially with him being the number three running back for fantasy last year. I mean, I think that, that passing was... offense is going to get worse in Oakland. And so they're going to have to lean on him a lot like they did last season. Oakland, baby. Oakland, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have to go back to Oakland. That's how bad it's Look, our, our podcast is infamous for calling them Oakland still. Hey, yeah, we haven't we haven't let it die. Quick question. Quick question before we move on to Caleb's pick. What are our thoughts on Devontae Adams this year? I'm in. I think I mean I, I think that he's still gonna be able to produce fine. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be at the same level we've been expecting because I don't think Jimmy G is that good. Uh, and I don't think he's going to stay healthy the whole season. I just, I mean, he hasn't shown me. I think he's a worse version of Derek Carr. Yeah, that's really all there I is. I think to if it. you had him, like having him on your team last year kind of showed you like he was still a, a very highly ranked wide receiver by the end of the year, but he, he like either won you your matchup that week or lost you your matchup. And, uh, just when there's guys who are going to be putting up like like consistent 15 to 20 range uh, week to week, I personally like that a lot more than the guy who's going to drop 30 and then drop one and then drop 30. So, yeah, looking through, he only had two weeks last week where he finished between wide receiver seven and wide receiver 30. He was right. Only two Big weeks in that range. So, like, yes. And, and, but I think that's real. I think that kind of a player is important to have, especially at the receiver position for fantasy. For me, I like to have one of those and then a stable guy to kind I of agree. With Just not with where he's being drafted this year, in my opinion. I, I don't know that I see a huge change in his production, mainly because it seems to me that just from uh, the eye test that Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo are pretty similar in uh, the type of a dot they'll probably provide to Devontae Adams. I mean, I, they don't, neither one of them push the ball downfield. It's all pretty much 20 yards in as far as where they throw the ball. And I don't, I mean, of course, Jimmy's coming from the Shanahan offense, which is going to be totally different than what McDaniel is going to do. But um I don't know that it's going to be so dissimilar that we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo start to throw the ball 35 yards plus down the field and target Devontae consistently deep. 
I guess we'll let Caleb pick now that we're under two minutes for his pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We move on to my pick. I'm like really torn right now between um these top three wide receiver options in Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, and Jalen Waddle. Um I haven't done like my complete rankings, but I have them all like kind of in that same tier. Although I think like who knows the upside of Wilson with Aaron Rodgers. Um, if they get a connection early in the season, he could like, we're talking top five wide receiver potential with the talent behind that guy. Um, as far as the ceiling goes, I think his floor is a lot worse than St. Brown and Waddles. Um, obviously just because second near drop-offs happen a lot uh, with him. I don't think there's a chance of that, but I don't see a world where Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill aren't both wide receiver ones. So I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle just as kind of more of a high floor, high ceiling pick. Um, the other two guys I think have really high ceilings, but there's, Injury concerns with Amon Ra and um, second year in league for Wilson with a new quarterback, new uh, whole thing going on with the Jets. They're probably really excited that it's going to go well, but in my lifetime, it hasn't. Well, the other thing that I have against Amon Ra is that JMO is going to be coming back at some point, allegedly, uh, this season. You know, he might place target. another bet between here and now. Target share could be down a little for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there is that to think about, but I, I would have gone Jalen or or Garrett here. I probably lean Garrett Wilson a little bit myself. Uh, yeah, y'all know me. It's Garrett Wilson for me. Yeah. I I love Garrett Wilson. I was in <laughs> I love. Couldn't with take him. him right before Austin. I I was in <laughs> love with him during pre-draft. Um, was love in love with him all last year, and it's it's even better with Aaron Rodgers. So uh, yeah, Garrett Wilson's the easy pick for me. So I'm going Jamar Chase and Garrett Wilson. That's my first That's two a picks. nasty combo. Yeah, with those two wide receivers, it's it's going to be really hard to get players who have a better, if you want to call it like a wins over replacement type of um, situation with your team, especially at the wide receiver position. Like on an every week basis, you're going to be the better wide receiver core than the yeah. other team. Yeah, and uh, I was really ha uh, comfortable because I just was like really certain that Ramondre Stevenson was going to make it back to me. Uh, and I am totally okay with Ramondre Stevenson being my running back one this year, but he went the exact pick before me. Uh, the six players that went before me were or between my Garrett Wilson pick and this pick I'm about to make were Amon Ross St. Brown, Tony Pollard, Josh Allen, Mark Andrews, T Higgins, Ramondre Stevenson. I would have taken any of those guys except for T. Higgins, obviously, uh, or, or Monroe. I don't need uh, another wide receiver right now. Uh, I was really hoping I wouldn't be put in this situation, but I don't want to go Brees Hall. A, injury. B, I already have Garrett Wilson. Uh, I'm not going another receiver, so I'm looking at Najee Harris. Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Jameer Gibbs, maybe Aaron Jones. I don't think I necessarily want to go Jones. I think it's going to be Etienne for me here. I'm not the biggest Najee Harris fan. Um, I'm not the I'm not the biggest Travis Etienne fan either, but I like him more than I do like Harris. 
All right, and then now I'm back up in the the three five at a very interesting position where I have a tight end and a wide receiver, and the top two tiers of running backs and wide receivers are completely nowhere to be found. So we're not sure what we're gonna do here. A lot of young options right there for you. Yeah, a lot of young options. Yeah, this run really ha- is like the youth, like the, the super young players who can break out between Jalen Waddle up to through Travis Etienne. All of the players that have gone are really young talents, except for like Mark Andrews at tight end. And even these next couple that are, you know, in the projected are yes, all again exactly. young breakout caliber talents right here. Yep, exactly. Reed, I'm a little surprised you didn't take Brees Hall. And I understand the injury concerns, but do you think that there's a possibility that whenever it does come time for your team to try to make the playoff push that Brees Hall is fully healthy come mid-October and he has a greater amount of guaranteed production and also uh, just guaranteed workload as opposed to Travis Etienne, who had a third round running back drafted in his backfield? I don't want to put all my eggs in one Jets basket uh, with Garrett Wilson. I, it makes me a little less comfortable. If I didn't have Garrett Wilson, I would put some serious thought into it. Uh, but I don't know. I, for me, it's not worth – it's it's better to acquire somebody who has injury concerns to me because it's less – risk you'll be getting them for higher price if you have to acquire them and they're they're doing well but um i would rather start out the season well and and then have to acquire them yeah um so i was fully planning in this mock draft to like try out the the no running back strategy um see how i could build my if i were you know to take like some other pieces for the first four rounds or so but Brees Hall is a tier above these other running backs for me. The wide receivers that are going to get back to me are in the same category as the guys at the top, uh, like Chris Olave and Devontae Smith for me. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go Brees Hall here. Hope he doesn't re tear that ACL. Yeah, and uh, I really love that for you myself, Caleb, because again I'm getting the guy I wanted in the spot falling to me, uh, and that's Chris Olave. I am perfectly happy with him being my number one wide receiver. He had a thousand yard receiving season last season on a run heavy offense without a good quarterback. And now he got Derek Carr, who is really a lot better than anybody gives him credit for. I mean, he's a league average or better quarterback. He's in a you know solid system and Chris Olave is going to be the number one target. I mean, I know that Michael Thomas keeps acting like he's going to come back, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen I don't think we see Michael Thomas again and they like to feed their number one over there so give me Chris Olave as the wide receiver one on my team all day long and to that point about Derek Carr he's always produced at least one real top level Mm -hmm. skill player in fantasy going back to the Amari Cooper days with with Oakland right back when it was Oakland but the couple Darren Waller years the one Hunter Renfro season last year with Devontae Adams even Michael if he's Crabtree. not the quarterback Michael Crabtree yeah. even if he's not the quarterback you want 
leading your real life franchise. If he's if you have a fantasy player catching passes from Derek Carr and he's the number one or one B option, you feel good about that. He gets that production for them. So after Connor took Chris Olave, uh, the bot with Tyreek and Devontae took Kenneth Walker as their first running back off the board, which I don't know how you guys feel about Kenneth Walker, but that's uh, kind of sketchy. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. I am, however, going to take Kenneth Walker's teammate in DK Metcalf. And I personally think that there's a possibility that we see some touchdown um positive touchdown regression for DK Metcalf. I can't remember how many he scored last year, but I think it was like four or something incredibly low compared to the rest of his career. And so I think that I want to say you finished somewhere around maybe wide receiver 16, 17, maybe somewhere in there last year. And I think that with a couple more touchdowns, he can easily flirt with being like a low end wide receiver one or even getting up into the top 10 easily. The talent's there. Are you uh, worried about JSN at all? I don't necessarily think so because we saw a lot of targets go to guys outside of DK and uh, Lockett. Like we saw Noah Fant getting a lot of targets and even a bunch of those random Wasn't tight it ends. Like Marquise Goodwin got yeah, like, Marquise had Goodwin like a was three, getting three-week stretch of two touchdowns. Or yeah, and yeah. then you have all those random touchdowns like uh, – or not touchdowns, all those random tight ends like Kobe Parkinson and uh oh, what's the other guy's name well Disley. Disley still there yeah 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 that guy so you had a guy guys like that getting a lot of targets and i think that jsn will probably contribute more to those targets that are in the short and intermediate area of the field whereas dk's target share will probably maybe take a three percent dip but not enough to really impact his production for the most part i don't think Uh, I am up next year, and I, I won't I won't bore everybody with the details because I said a lot of the positive things about this offense with my last pick in Jalen Hurts. I'm going to go ahead and stack him with a wide receiver and take Devonta Smith. Um, obviously would prefer to have A.J. Brown to do that, but Devonta Smith is a definite wide receiver too. Um, I think he could see a jump this year for all the reasons I laid out before. And last year was the first year I really – started stacking quarterbacks and and uh, a wide receiver one or two and it's a lot of fun it's just a, it, from, it, from a fantasy perspective watching the game was so much fun it's like a little mario booster it's like you hit the little mush and you're just you feel great so uh devonta smith here in round three for me yeah if you didn't go devonta smith there simon i probably would have taken him uh obviously i don't have a receiver yet got running back quarterback but now we're to the point where top receiver, according to sleeper on the board, is Debo Samuel followed by Keenan Allen. Um, I'm honestly going to wait a little bit longer on receiver. Uh, I'm going to take a guy that I think has a lot of high upside in an exciting offense, and that will be Jameer Gibbs. I think he has a lot of versatility and uh, will play a role in both the passing game and the rushing game. And uh, excited to see what he does with the Lions this year. So I'm going to hold off for now. And anybody got any comments on that pick? Billy, I'm just probably going to take another Lions running back after all the pain that DeAndre Swift caused you last year. (laughs) DeAndre Swift didn't cause me that pain. Jamal Williams. (laughs) Yeah, Jamal Williams did. (laughs) 
but he's no longer there, so I'm I'm back in good standing with the uh, Detroit Lions backfield. Um, so I come up again, round four, pick three. In between my two picks, Najee Harris, Keenan Allen, Aaron Jones, and Joe Burrow go off the board. And that will lead me to my next pick. Guys, I'm wearing the jersey. I need a receiver. <laughs> time, baby. Give me Coop. I was really torn, honestly, between him and Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley's in for a big season in Jacksonville. I'm high on him this year. I'm betting on it. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, imagine Caleb betting on something. Crazy yeah. concept. Imagine Calvin Ridley betting on something. <laughs> 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 oh man. So yeah, Amari Cooper's the pick there. Uh, he's just a consistent wide receiver. He can be a, a top ten receiver anytime he wants to, basically. And uh, I think him and Deshaun will have a good year together. Really do. And Stefanski will dial it up. Uh, all right. So I'm up again with this next pick, and I'm gonna take a guy that we were just uh hinting at a little bit. I'm taking Calvin Ridley because, you know, Devonta Smith. I was excited about the stack. I am worried he does. He's not gonna have that wide receiver one high-end ceiling because of A.J. Brown. But Calvin Ridley in Trevor Lawrence's year three, but let's be honest, from a real professional football standard, year two, um, and, and coming in as the clear best receiver on this team, I think that's wide receiver one potential. So I'm taking Ridley here in the fourth round to pair with Smith as my top two receivers. There was one guy I was really eyeing, and I'm sure he's going to go – uh, in these next handful of picks here. Um, but I, I think Ridley's too good to pass up right now. Yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, I, this is going to be really out of character for me, and maybe it's something that I'm going to start doing after I do a few more mocks, but I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. And I think that with Todd Munkin coming in, and I know this has been talked about ad nauseum, so I'm not going to wax poetic about it but um you know the idea is that Munkin's going to open up the offense allow Lamar to push the ball downfield but also maintain a little bit of his rushing floor as well and so I think that given the passing upside that he he's shown that he can be an elite passer in spurts but he's never been allowed to do it over the course of a full season and I think with that being allowed regardless of the pass casting op- options that they improved um despite what people may think of Zay Flowers and Odell at this point in his career, it is better than what he's had over the last few years. So I think with that, I, I he could possibly be MVP this year. Yeah, Lamar's got a, a great opportunity to be amazing again. Easily a potential MVP season, like you said. Uh, I'm kind of in a weird spot as well, like you know most of you guys are. I've got two running backs who I, I just feel like I can set and forget every week in Eckler and Jacobs. I'm guessing, you I'm guessing you weren't considering Joe Mixon who went right before your pick. I was not. No, he, he wasn't on my radar there. I, uh, I've been looking at wide receiver, but a lot of the ones that are still on here, you know, you got Debo who, I mean, yeah, he's super good. D hop who's not even on a team yet. So I don't even know what his situation is. Uh, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore. I mean, these are all guys that I like, but I just feel like I can get more value out of someone later. And uh, we've been talking about stacking a lot, and I love stacking a running back and a quarterback. And uh, Justin Herbert is one of the best young quarterbacks in the league right now. And pairing that with Austin Eckler, I can almost guarantee that anytime they get in the end zone, 
I'm going to be getting points there. Uh, it's one of my favorite combinations. I, and Eckler gets a lot of receiving work too. So the ability to pair those two up and just how important both of them are to that team, uh, the running back quarterback combo is one of my favorites. Especially with a guy who can catch passes too, like Eckler. Yeah. I, th- I think quarterback pass catching running back is the most like fruitful stack to have. And just because it balances you out with if they score rushing, it's likely him. If they score passing, you're definitely getting the uh, points for the quarterback. And there's a, I mean, there's a decent chance if he's a good pass catching running back that he's the one scoring. So yeah, I love that. Eckler consistently gets those passing receiving touchdowns. And the key there is that it's the pass catching running back because even though Jamal Williams finished as RB12, you didn't want to have him and Jared Goff on a team because they didn't help each other's production at all. Right, yeah. So now I'm back up and Lamar Jackson is no longer on the board. So I personally don't know what to do because in the fourth round, I religiously just draft Lamar Jackson every year. Expecting an MVP season and then getting a little bit less and being okay with it. So I'm really, I'm really stuck right here because as far as quarterbacks go, I know that Justin Fields is not going to be on the board for my next pick. And I think his upside compared to all the other quarterbacks on uh, on the board, apart from Trevor Lawrence becoming the greatest quarterback in the league or something. Um, I really think with Justin Fields' legs, he's going to just produce at a top five QB rate this year again. And um, the problem is I don't have any receiver or running back depth on my team. (laughs) And everyone's just kind of whittling away here. So uh, going back to the point that Peyton made about – an expectation for the Ravens offense to be scoring a little bit more and be playing a little bit better, Um, a more pass heavy offense. I think that, I think that JK Dobbins is going to be by far the, the best pass catching running back in that group and doesn't really have too much competition for the lead back role. Um, We saw him in was it three, two, three years ago now, whenever he was the main running back with Lamar Jackson, putting up crazy numbers for a short period of time. Uh, it's a risky pick, but I think, think that J.K. Dobbins could be going a little low his value this year in most drafts. So I'm going to take him here. I think that all falls down to the injury fears that everyone has to have with him at this point. I, I've got him in our dynasty league and Every year, I'm so excited for what he can finally do, and then he breaks my heart by getting hurt again or getting setbacks or playing strong for three weeks and then going out again for another two. I mean, it's just you don't know what you're going to get out of him because you don't know how much he's going to play, and that's really the only issue because when he's there, he produces high. Right, and the the injury consideration on my team is minimal due to the fact (laughs) that I have a (laughs) 33-year-old. I have – a wide receiver who's dependent on a quarterback who's probably going to get another concussion and two running backs who have bad knees. So yeah, as long as they all stay healthy, I think it'll turn out. Okay. 
Yeah, Caleb is a boomer bust team right here. Yeah. I I think it's important to note that also with JK and really any um skill players that are coming back from multiple tear knee injuries, that historically speaking, they're always more productive the second year after the injury, which like sure that might be stringing you along, Connor, you know, and giving you hope. But but it is proven that whenever there is not just a clean ACL tear, whenever there is another ligament that is torn, it takes so much longer for them to get back to their old form. So just something to keep in mind. Right. And we saw it last year with JK. He just right. didn't look as explosive. Um, hopefully with another off season of rehab and going through all of his uh, drills and everything, he's in a better place for this year, especially with an offense that has a lot of pressure to improve. This is definitely the hardest part of the draft because at the at the top, I know the guys I like down low. I know the sleepers and I'm, you know, taking guys, you know, around two rounds ahead of where they're projected because they're the guys I know I want. Here's where you're still trying to kind of play the ADP game and it's guys you're not in love with. You just kind of like and it really is like the the swamp of the draft like you're just kind of trudging through trying to make it out to the other side i'm considering tight end here i i'm considering justin fields i mean hawkinson and fields are the are the, the two players if i don't go receiver or running back um i mean these running backs is, are are not fun to to look at um there is one high up on the board that i still really like i just got my two early uh i mean miles sanders is fine um amy and pierce might be fine especially with a, a rookie quarterback i could see them trying to you know run the ball a ton there um, I just don't love the offense for either one of those teams. And, you know, historically speaking with running back, you want a good offense for your running back to be in. Um, that was yeah, the yeah. player I was considering seven picks ago with the Calvin Ridley pick. Cause I think based on what everyone experienced with the tight end position last year, as much mm-hmm. as we can talk ourselves into these guys like that that are in the 90s and hundreds rankings of being like, hey, you know, you're seven to eight point tight end guy that you'll just kind of plug in after what everyone experienced last year. I think Hawkinson is that last guy that can really provide you anything consistent that you feel decent about. So I was I was considering him there. So I think that's a good pick. So now I'm looking to get my second running back. Um, there's two guys here, really three guys here that I am trying to side between, and they're all very low floor, very high ceiling players. Two of them have dealt with injuries in the last three years. The other one has never been a starting running back in his career and, and suddenly is getting an opportunity I don't really love stacking a running back and a tight end, though, so I think I'm going to not go Alexander Madison. Reports are coming out 
you know, that uh, Javante Williams will be healthy to, to start the year after tearing his ACL in week four of last year. I think the offense is going to be much better with Sean Payton. Sean Payton's always had a really good running back in his system. Um, Cam Akers, though, if the Rams are good, if Stafford's healthy and the Rams are playing good, Cam Akers is going to be an incredible value. So it's just kind of which one of those bets do I like more between Javante and Cam? I'm going to go Javante Williams here. Well, I'm a liar. I said in my last pick that Justin Fields wasn't going to still be here, and um, he's still here. And I still don't have a wide receiver, too. And what we're looking at on the board right now for wide receiver, two is DeAndre Hopkins, who's not on a team. Um, I think there's landing spots for D-Hop that merit wide receiver, two conversation, wide receiver one ceiling obviously i mean he's still super talented uh but man i mean this is a group of guys with question marks when you look at d hop christian watson jerry judy chris godwin um christian watson and chris godwin losing their quarterbacks jerry judy i mean broncos country let's ride or whatever i'm going justin fields We'll find a wide receiver one day. Yeah, and Caleb, I'm really glad that you uh, faded Jerry Judy right there because I'm I'm all in on the Broncos again this year. Uh, First-year head coach issues, getting Sean Payton back in that system. I mean, Sean Payton is one of the greatest coaches that we've ever seen in our lifetime. Uh, I think he can do anything he wants with anybody playing on the field just about. And I think that this whole team is going to take a huge bounce back and I'm ecstatic with Chris Olave and Jerry Judy as my wide receiver one and two. I mean, I, I think that's just a great combo. They're both real young. Judy is easily the number one target up there in Denver. I mean, it's – I think that that offense is going to be a lot better than people are thinking just because of how bad they were last year. I, I don't think you can take that into consideration now they've got Sean Payton. Well, it's crazy how much Ohio State and Alabama is just – like half of the players that have been drafted so far when you're looking at it. While I'm thinking about who I want to pick, um, can you guys tell me if Justin Fields is a good NFL quarterback or not? Uh, that answer is a firm maybe. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has not been yet. Yes, that's that's the correct answer. Some real provocative takes here. I like it. Guys. He's got the potential. But I, of, I think he really of, could be great. Looking at what he's done over his career, though. I was really high on him coming into you know the draft. So I haven't I, I still have hope. I'm still holding on to some hope. Last year his best wide receiver was Darnell Mooney. Um things will get better. Yeah. I mean, he had to do so much on the ground just to keep his team in games. My take is that things will get better unless they get worse. You know, it's crazy too. Is he's I probably a top five. Very philosophical, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Billy? I said what's crazy is he's probably already at this point a top fair, top five Bears quarterback of all time. <laughs> yeah, that is probably facts. He's not above Jay Cutler yet. No, Jay Cutler's number one on that list. So yeah, 
That's the hurdle. That's the Smoking Jay Cutler is an icon. So I, I'm just gonna take D Hop here, and I know we don't know where he's going yet. And as of right now, the betting favorite is the Titans, mm-hmm. which I believe it's at like minus one seventy or something like that. But that may seem like a bad landing spot to a lot of people. But I think people need to remember that Ryan Tannehill also supported A.J. Brown during his wide receiver one seasons. So that offense and Ryan Tannehill in particular is able to support an elite fantasy wide receiver. And I don't necessarily hate that if Hop were to go there, he would be able to produce as a top 15 wide receiver. You're You're not expecting Tannehill to be the quarterback there, are you? I personally do think that he will be. I, I think that people over <laughs> let me let me start. I think that people underrate how much trust that Tannehill has from Mike Vrabel in the fact that Tannehill has been the quarterback that's led them to their postseason bursts over the past few years. And that if there is a coach that likes stability and likes players that work hard and play just as hard, it's Mike Vrabel. So yeah, live odds on D Hop uh, minus three hundred to the Titans. That's pretty for sure. Usually, I think Tannehill plays at minimum three quarters of the season as a starting quarterback. I mean, unless he really falls off and has horrible games, like uh, what was that one game? Was it against the Packers last year where he really struggled and they put in Malik Willis for a little bit? But uh, I mean, other than that. I don't see him losing that starting job to Will Levis anytime soon. Uh, All right. I am up with my next pick. When Austin was talking about taking a running back, I believe it was at the top of this round. He's talking about going for some high ceiling, low floor guys. I'm going to do the exact opposite. And I'm going to take a high floor, low ceiling guy who was – I think he's been an RB1 each of the last two years. Um, He's on a horrible team. He's kind of slow. He's getting a little old. But he is one of 10 running backs who last year had 700 rushing yards and 40 receptions. Eight of the 10 guys have already been picked, and the other is facing a possible suspension. Um, Without further ado, I'm going to take James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I need a second running back anyways. Uh, this I feel to get in the fifth round is as close as a, I can just put him in the lineup and not even think about him until the bye week, uh, say for injuries or, or just the wheels kind of fall off, but projecting and based on what's happened the last couple seasons, uh, I think this is a, a great pick for me. And people forget that he led the league in touchdowns two years ago. I mean, he's an absolute menace inside the 20s. He, it's That offense is going to be so bad this year. The touchdowns might be scarce. That's my one worry with James Conner. I, but I do think he has a pretty safe floor just due to like the workload he's going to get. And even, If anyone's going to get the touchdowns there, it's him. Even as a pass catcher. Yeah, he, he is an adept pass catcher. Mm-hmm. All right. Brings it around to me. Uh, I'm 
looking at tight end and receiver, my two things that I'm looking at here, two positions I'm looking at. There's one guy I really like this year. Uh, we've already mentioned that we think his team, or one person has mentioned that we think his team is probably going to be a little better than expected. And that is the Atlanta Falcons and Kyle Pitts at tight end. Uh, I've never drafted Pitts. I know there's been a lot of criticism of him over the years, uh, kind of lack of production, but that's mainly due to the situation that he's been in the past few years. And I think, you know, kind of a revamped offense coming in. I think there's a lot of opportunity for Kyle Pitts. I think the potential is through the roof. Um, so I'm going to take a risk and go Kyle Pitts here. Nobody has drafted him twice. That is dang true. <laughs> he only scores touchdowns in London. So, do they play in London this year? Maybe they play in Germany. I don't know. He likes Europe, I guess. <laughs> uh, other than that, comes around to me again in round. What are we in now? Round six. Picks that went after me: Dalvin Cook, Chris Godwin, Christian Watson, Cam Akers. Any of you guys high on those guys? I think Chris Godwin is going a little bit yeah. low. I know that the quarterback situation and everything uh, is rough, but, I mean, he's just been a target monster for five years now. So I think fifth round is good value for him. Yeah, I think fifth value is about where I'd feel comfortable taking him just because of the quarterback questions. I mean, I've watched a lot of Baker Mayfield games, and he can either play really, really well or just absolutely throw it all away. And he can even do both in the same game. So, I mean, you you really never know what you're going to get with him. But he does like to have that consistent guy that he knows he can go to and just going to eat. And I think Chris Godwin is going to be that. Yeah. And Cam Akers, I know a lot of people high on, uh, higher on because Sean McVay came out and said that he was going to be a, like, a key part of their offense or whatever. Sean McVay, known liar. Not buying it. Yeah, he's not one of the coaches that I trust. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a short list of ones that I do when they like for just when they talk. I I res- like think what they're saying is mostly true. He's not one. Every, of them. Everything Sean McVay says is to throw off the opposition. <laughs> I I don't have a solid opinion on this player, but I do think that Christian Watson is probably one of the bigger fantasy wild cards this coming season. Mm-hmm. I agree. As is the entire Packers team, basically. Just the Packers are, I think, the Packers and the Rams are the two wild cards in in fantasy football. Actually, that bot at Team 12 has the only two Packers players I would even consider touching in Aaron Jones and Christian Watson right now. I'm stuck on a few receivers here. Three guys. It's probably not who you're thinking. It's Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, and believe it or not, I'm considering a Steeler, Deontay Johnson. Blasphemy. <laughs> just the volume is just so high. But I'm going to take the guy I traded away in Dynasty, Mike Williams. Uh, I think he has potential to be a wide receiver one for that team. And Justin Fields – or Justin Fields – Justin Herbert can air it out, so – uh, new offense coordinator as well. I'm going to go ahead and roll with Mike Williams as my wide receiver too there. Yeah, Big Mike is a good target for Herbert. Uh, goes up for the every single jump ball. So I like that. Comes down with most of them too. Yeah, he does. 
All right, with my next pick, when how, how big can you stack before you've stacked too big? Does anybody have an answer to that question? You can stack it all day long. Yeah. Just just keep going. Just keep no, going. We're, it's not going to topple team. over. Um, yeah. I realized when I was talking about TJ Hawkinson earlier, I was probably underselling Dallas Goddard a little bit, um, especially for this exercise where <laughs> – we just need to fill in this lineup, and I definitely need a tight end. But he has shown certainly the ability to be up there with those other big-name guys. You're worried about if there's enough kind of points to go around. Uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and bank on this Eagles offense being a top-three offensive wagon league again. So I've got I've got the quarterback, the tight end, and the wide receiver here. Uh, Not where I thought you were going with that one. If I'm being honest, I thought you were going to stack someone else. Oh, no. Not that. Never that. So I'm in a predicament here because I'm looking at the running backs that are left on the board. And this is, you know, classically referred to as the dead zone where there's all these running backs that have low upsides, but also – are stuck on bad teams for the most part. But there is one guy who's on a really good team and showed that he could be a top 15 running back in fantasy. And I'm going to go ahead and take Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. I, I think, I feel like we've passed the dead zone. I think we, yeah, we we're out of the swamp that I was talking about earlier you know, we, we ate our steak early. We just finished our nasty vegetables. Now we're into like the French fries. Like this is where it gets good again. And, and Pacheco, I think is like one of the people who I really like to pick up late in drafts. So yeah, great pick. Yeah. Uh, I like it a lot. He absolutely ate last year. Uh, and I'm going to go with the guy. Uh, it's my pick again. I I'm going with depth here. Uh, the only position I don't have locked in is tight end. And there are a couple guys that I like that are, going to be available later especially with the way that it looks like other teams are drafting uh i'm always a guy that drafts tight end late i don't like taking them early i'd rather you know secure up some depth but uh i really like you know we keep talking about it the eagles offense is good i like deandre swift a lot he's a great pass catcher running back uh and i'm gonna take him as my my rb3 i like pairing him with eckler and jacobs uh, uh especially for the value here in round six, he's going to get a lot of work. They're not going to want to keep abusing Jalen Hurts and letting him run all the time. I mean, yeah, he's going to get his carries, but they need someone back there that can take that heat off of him. And DeAndre Swift can do it. Uh, He's shown to be a very, very effective running back. So having him as an RB3 is kind of a dream scenario. All right. Um, no, I'm up. I have a tight end, a wide receiver, two running backs, and a quarterback. So I'm like kind of in the situation where I have to take a wide receiver, I feel like. Um and looking through them, it ain't pretty. I got um I got a guy that I hope gets uh, value wise gets back to me next round. Um uh, so we'll see if that happens, but as far as uh, the outlook of Michael Pittman Jr., Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, 
we saw some regression, some regression last year for Michael Pittman because Matt Ryan just decided to stop quarterbacking. Um, and that Colts offense was just – they were something to see or hopefully not see. Uh, kind of going with um, what Austin was saying about not being big on Debo Samuel. Um, he is the best – athlete at the wide receiver position but I think the best wide receiver on that team is Brandon Ayuk and I think for the last couple years I've been expecting to see a big leap for him um I think this year we're gonna see improved quarterback play as crazy as that is I just think between Trey Lance Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold one of them is really gonna step up and like um just like the competition there one of them's going to step up and be a really great leader for the team. And I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk here. And I, I really do think that uh, wide receiver two is very achievable for him this year. Uh, Yeah, I, I probably would have gone Brandon Ayuk if he was available, but I do have quite a few options. As I said, I think we're, we're past the sludge. There's, there's good values here. Um, Not everybody here is good value, obviously, but, you got to find the guys you like. And there are quite a few. And this is when I'm not afraid to scroll way down to make picks. But I, I think I like a guy who's still up there near the top of the boards. Um, it's very risky. Because... You're not sure what he's going to do uh, with a legal situation that he's in. <laughs> As of now, he is still a starting running back and has no suspension. And uh, I don't know. I Make the pick, Austin. Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams scares me a little bit. Jamal Williams is a good running back. I think he should think... scare you. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's on PTSD medicine from <laughs> because of Jamal Williams. You know what? Jamal Williams did scare me off. I think I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a quarter or a running back who's guaranteed to start the season as a starting running back, and that's Alexander Madison. That's a great value for him too in round six. I was considering him la with my last pick. I didn't take him because I had Hawkinson, but I mean now Madison's my flex. Maybe he might start sometimes. Like I, I don't have to worry about it too much. Uh, I'm happy. Uh, the picks that went after me were Michael Pittman, Marquise Brown, David Montgomery, who is another guy I was considering there, uh, Rashad White, Darren Waller, and Mike Evans, another guy who I was considering there. Kamara did fall back to me if I want to take him, but I think it's time uh, for me to go ahead and take uh, another receiver. I'm not the biggest fan of his quarterback. I don't hate him. Um, I've got two like really solid guys at the top. So... I want to take someone who has just like a nice floor and K for you know the bye weeks when these guys are out. 
once I get this nice floor guy, I throw a whole bunch of haymakers later in the draft at guys who could be boom. But I, I like to get a nice solid guy who I just definitely think won't be a bust. And that and Tyler Lockett here is my pick. I was stressing there. It was only a mock, but I really wanted this guy. <laughs> I think I like the those, Tyler Lockett pick though. I think with those first two wide receivers, I think Tyler Lockett's the perfect wide receiver three to pair with those guys. Appreciate yes. it. Well, Caleb, okay. who who is your pick then? My pick is Deontay Johnson. I am higher on him than most people. Um last year, if you're talking about touchdown positive regression, if anybody is due for it. It is Deontay Johnson. I think that Kenny Pickett is a starting NFL quarterback, and I think that he's going to really continue to show that this year. We saw flashes last year. Um, I think he's going to develop into uh, a more consistent player, and Deontay Johnson is going to reap a lot of the benefits of that. Chase Claypool gone to the bears maybe um we saw his target share go up a little bit more um george pickens getting a lot of hype but deontay's been the guy getting the targets even last year with pickens in there um deontay was getting more targets pickens was just being slightly more efficient i think um when we see kenny pickett kind of take a step up this year uh we're gonna see deontay johnson go back to kind of where he was two years ago as like a, a lock in flex. So I like his value at this round. Just to support how much of an outlier he was, he actually set the record for the most targets in a season without a touchdown with 147. Due for positive regression. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Austin said, I'm at a point where I'm comfortable and feel like I can kind of take a shot here. Uh, got three running backs and only two wide receivers, so I'm definitely leaning wide receiver. And, you know, like Peyton said, Tyler Lockett is going to be the number three on that team, and uh, JSN is going to be the number two. I think DK is still number one. Uh, but Jackson Smith and Jigba, definitely the best wide receiver coming out of college this year. Just – Absolutely fundamentally sound. Uh, looks like he can be everything that's promised. And that Seahawks offense was shockingly good. I think that they've got a great chance to repeat that. And I think having him as a, a wide receiver three, just a guy to, to plug in or put in the flex, uh, I, I'm happy with it. I'll take that all day. I think he's got a lot of potential over there. And Christian Kirk went immediately after Connor's pick. And I am going to take a guy that I did not realize would make it back to me. And I was honestly debating between him and Pacheco. I'm going to take Alvin Kamara because I think as we get closer and closer to the season, it seems less likely like he's going to miss time. And if he does miss any time, it's going to be a lot less than what we might think. All right. I am up next. Uh, I feel very good about all the spots I have filled. So, like a couple guys this round, I am ready to take a big swing. And I'm going to go with the other Steelers receiver. And I'm going to take one George Pickens. Um, 
excited to see what year two brings. Year two jump is pretty popular or is uh, pretty common, especially for the wide receivers. Um, so I'm I'm taking that swing there. Hopefully he's my flex consistently. If I have to plug and play him as we go, you know, that that's the that's the price you pay. But George Pickens the pick right here. So the running back board, in my opinion, is looking pretty bleak at this point in the draft. Uh, but there is one guy that stands out, and he's at the top, and that's James Cook. Uh, I'm going to take him here. The reason I'm taking him over, even with the Damian Harris situation, he's the big play threat. He's the explosive home run hitter, and he's the favorite to be the guy in, in Buffalo for especially this upcoming year, but next few years. Um, Damian Harris, one-year deal, they're much more invested in James Cook than they are in Damian Harris. And I think James Cook is a more explosive running back. As an RB3, you know, I'm okay with that, taking that there. I don't know, Billy. I, I kind of disagree with you there. I think that Damian Harris does have the the higher upside for this season. Uh, just looking at him and what he was able to do with the Patriots offense whenever he, they were giving him the ball over Ramondre, I, I liked how he looked a little bit better and being on the one-year deal and not having as much invested. I feel like they're going to absolutely run him into the ground. They're going to want to keep you know Josh Allen fully healthy, kind of save him early on in the season so that way he can help them make that you know late playoff push that they've been promising year after year. So I, I could see Damian Harris getting a lot more like the goal line work, uh, a lot of the touchdowns, probably not as much yards, but uh, I think that he's going to be, you know, the, the better fantasy back out of this team. Yeah, I mean, I think, in. I think it's a toss up. So what are you saying, Ben? I was going to say, don't forget, they brought in the eternal Latavius Murray. He's <laughs> inevitable. Latavius Murray. Gosh, that guy's got to retire. He's just ruining fantasy backfields every year. All right, so it comes back to me. Uh, the picks that went in between uh, my two picks were Traylon Burks, A.J. Dillon, Kadarius Tony, or Jahan Dotson, and Kadarius Tony. A lot of young guys, uh, a lot of guys that have, you know, a lot of potential but are kind of in some difficult situations. I'm not super high on any of those guys. If I were to be on one, I guess it would be Kadarius Tony just because the offense is in really, but um, moving on to my pick, I'm looking wide receiver here. And um, yeah, there's some, there's some interesting picks, but I'm going to scroll down a little and I'm going to take the rookie out of Baltimore and that's Zay Flowers. All right. That means I am back up and, you know, I got a little, little taste of the big swing. And uh, like we said earlier, there's there's no money on this league, so why not take maybe the biggest swing possible, especially at this point? I'm going to take Rashad Penny. Um, that's a guy that talk about stay healthy. If he stays healthy behind that line, you know, I know DeAndre Swift went what three, two rounds True. earlier than him. Um, if both guys are healthy, Penny's the guy that. I'm way more interested in in Philly, especially if I'm getting him two rounds later. Uh, so I'm either going to really enjoy one game uh, of Rashad Penny uh, on this Eagles team for my fantasy team, or 
I'm going to win my league either way. I'm I'm in for a good ride. You'd never guess this guy's a Steelers fan with the amount of Eagles he has. <laughs> Listen, man, you know, I like to I like to project what a uh, really high powered offense would look like. It's been a while. I mean, yeah, but I just think it's hilarious that you have eight players, four of which are Eagles. I love it. I mean, if you're going to do it for a team, this is definitely the team you want to load up on. Yeah, I've got a, I, I've got enough like petty, silly teams that I just completely avoid in fantasy. I, I can't I can't afford the yeah other side of the state one just because I got to I got to draw the line somewhere. True. All right. With this next pick, I am going to go ahead and draft the rookie Jordan Addison. And I think there's a possibility that we might be underestimating how productive he can be because he's filling into the wide receiver two role that Adam Thielen vacated. And Adam Thielen last year had 107 targets and only averaged 10 yards per reception. If Jordan Addison can average closer to 15 yards or even like 13 yards, he's going to be really close to getting a thousand yards as a rookie. Yeah. A lot of potential because there was a lot of hype around KJ Osborne for a very short amount of time when Thielen got dropped, but Jordan Addison is easily the number two on that team. Uh, KJ is just not going to be able to carry that load. I don't think he's a great guy to get kind of lost in the mix and get some you know, productive catches at points. But I think Jordan Addison is easily and pairing him up with uh, Justin Jefferson on that team, which is a great addition for them. Uh, but after Peyton's pick, uh, Antonio Gibson got picked, and I'm way off on uh, Washington as a whole. Uh, I don't know if all of y'all feel the same way, but that is just one of the last teams that I, I want to touch right now. And uh, I'm actually going to go with another rookie wide receiver. Uh, I like the big swings. And this is a guy that y'all hear me talk about a lot. I've been really high on him ever since he got drafted. But it is uh, another Chargers player. I'm kind of following Simon's strategy and stacking a lot of players. Uh, But it's Quentin Johnston. He has a great opportunity, I think, to be a wide receiver one or two on the Chargers. Uh, Don't get me wrong, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both very, very good receivers. But – they're both getting up there in age. They both have a bit of an injury history. And, you know, there's there's a lot of question marks on if they're going to be able to finish the season. And I know that there were some question marks about QJ coming into the year. But the fact that I have Herbert and the fact that he, you know, can be a, a big target out there for him, I just think that, you know, getting him in round eight is a, a bit of a steal. All right, moving on to the 8-8 eight, eight pick. Um Really needing running back depth here. I think I'm the only person on the board with two running backs uh, only. Other, you know, real people at least. Uh, one of the bots only has two running backs. Um, and unfortunately, both of my running backs are injury concerns, so I could really use some depth here. Uh, unfortunately, the board is not providing many great options. Going Damian Harris. I think... He's a guy who's going to have a good enough floor as a third running back to be worth it. 
Well, um, I wanted Deshaun Watson this whole draft. I got him. He's probably going to be the guy I have in like 80% of my leagues this year. Um, that was an easy pick. After Deshaun Watson, Pat Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth, Dak Prescott, Brandon Cooks, Zach Charbonnet, Gabe Davis, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa all went off the board. So now I'm left. Uh, my roster is complete. It is time to add some depth. I've got a couple guys I like. I don't know if any of them make it back to me, so I don't necessarily know if I want to try to play it any. You know, I'm not. This isn't on the turn. This is I got to go a long ways away. So I'm just gonna take the guy here who I like the most. Yeah. So I'm gonna take Michael Thomas here. I don't need him to be good. I don't need him to make my roster at all. Like three weeks into the season, if he's not healthy, not playing well, I will drop him easily. But I mean, there's a chance Michael Thomas. I mean, Michael Thomas last year in the games he did play looked like he still had a little bit of juice left in him. It wasn't you know prime Michael Thomas, but he got eight targets, nine targets, had two touchdowns week one, and then one week a touchdown in week two. So uh, he's still got some game left in him. He's only 30 years old, which he feels like he should be like 35. Uh, but um. I he's one of those riskier players who I like to take because I will drop him so easily if it's not going well. I don't feel like I have to hold on to him. So after Connor took David Njoku, Evan Ingram went next. And although I still don't have a tight end, I'm actually going to go back to the running back pool and I'm going to take some out JP Ryan. I am not as high as a lot of people are on Javante Williams coming back because uh, as we discussed earlier, um, I believe that he had multiple ligament tears in his knee. Uh, aside from his ACL, I think he had another one. And once again, they usually take a little bit longer to come back from. So I think that there's a possibility, especially early on in the season, that we see Samaje handling the majority of the workload endeavor. I am on the clock. Oh, gosh. I've got a player that I really like that I don't know how the fantasy production is going to translate. So I'm just going to take a shot on a young wide receiver I really like who's got a new young quarterback. So I'll see if that translates into something. I'm going to go with Romeo Dobbs from Green Bay here. I really like that pick. Um, a lot of potential. Um, is it, It's me, right? Yeah. So my running back room is a little bit in question. And uh, I'm going to hit it again. I'm going to take Jet McKinnon here. Very reliable pass catcher. Patrick Mahomes loves throwing the ball to him. So take a flyer in round 10, around nine. Uh, after that pick, Juju, Brian Robinson, A. Rich, and Jameson Williams go off the board. So it comes back around to me. Likely looking wide receiver here. Uh, may reach a little bit, but I'm going to take Tyler Boyd here. Consistent wide receiver in a good offense. Um, you know, as a bench guy, I don't hate it. Being Phil need if if push comes to shove. So, all right, I'm back around, and you know, I was nervous to make this pick. What was that? Six picks ago, but I totally feel confident in doing it now. Uh, I'm going to take Don Kincaid from Buffalo. 
I think he could have a really big role for the Bills early on. I don't even see him as a tight end. That's a that's a big slot receiver that Buffalo has been missing. Um, so I think that could be a legitimate flex option, even with Dallas Goddard taking my tight end slot. So I'm going to take Don Kincaid here in round 10. This, this is the point in the draft, and I don't know about you guys, where I don't necessarily see a big point in drafting high floor players because typically round 10 on is when you want to take those shots on players that are going to be difference makers and possible league winners for your team. And I have Lamar Jackson, and although I do like Rashad Bateman, and even though I'm not the biggest fan of this player, I think that Odell Beckham Jr. this late in the draft and being able to stack him with Lamar is a possible league winning pick in the fact that you can possibly have his favorite target and biggest producer on that offense um, stacked with him as the wide receiver three on any given week that you need him to fill in. Yep. And uh, Rashad Bateman also from Baltimore went right after that pick. Uh, and kind of like he said, uh, this is where you go for the guy that could potentially be a league winner. And I'm going to go with someone that has not even been uh, picked back up yet. Uh, and I'm going to go with Zeke. I think that he could be a, you know, potential, like you said, Peyton, league winner when it comes to, you know, getting signed to the right spot at the right time and coming in and being, you know, depending on where he gets picked up a fresh set of legs late that you can rely on to, you know, just be a consistent producer. Like he was most of his time in Dallas. And if not, like Austin said with Michael Thomas, I don't really have uh, a lot of qualms about cutting him early on. If I have to, I mean, it's uh, a win-win, but it could be, you know, one of those decisions that hits big. I'm going to vary from the last couple picks a little bit. Cause y'all are talking about, you know, potential league winners. Um, I'm just going to do something based off the fact that Christian McCaffrey injures himself and I'm going to take Elijah Mitchell. I think he's going to be a set it and forget it guy if McCaffrey does miss time. And if you've been in the fantasy world the last decade, you know that McCaffrey does miss time. So uh, I think towards the end of drafts, he's a good guy to stash, especially if you did take CMC in the first round. There are handcuffs in the league that can be considered league winners simply because of back in front of them uh, going down to injury and he's one of them this is a spot that or a position rather that I don't love and that's the Bears running backs but Deontay Foreman is going to be the starting running back for the Chicago Bears this year and if you remember what he was doing in Carolina last year, like he is a capable runner when he's got good blocking in front of him. He's going to get the early shot. I don't want to rely on him, but if I need somebody to throw in a flex spot, I think there's, I mean, there's a chance he could be, you know, a running back one on any given week. Um, and so I'm, yeah, I'm going to take Deontay Foreman here. I really like that pick. That was that was a guy I was highly considering for my last pick. I am a little, I mean, concerns the wrong word when it comes to a, 
11th round running back, but mm-hmm. uh, I think Roshan Johnson could get a fair amount of work there also, as well. I also love Khalil Herbert. Like I like all three players to me are very yep. equally like talented. Yep. yep. So I think Foreman gets the first crack at it. And yep. so that's why I would choose him first. Yeah. Uh, and for my last pick of this draft, I, you know, there would normally be a few more picks here. I think I'm going to really swing for the fences here. And I don't like taking these kinds of players because you do have to hold on to them. And it sucks kind of being stuck holding the bag when they, you know, don't perform. But Dev Devon A Chain has just some pure explosiveness, and that's really what uh Miami likes to to use their weapons that are just ridiculously fast and with who he's got in front of him i'm not necessarily concerned i don't think it's too much of a struggle for him to pass up you know salvan ahmed jeff wilson or he in the depth chart mm-hmm. he was someone i was definitely looking at right here my last pick i've had queued up for a while now um I like taking a flyer on this guy at the left round. He's been getting a lot of hype in training camp so far. Um, that's Sky Moore. Um, we saw flashes of his athleticism when they used him last year. Um, Kansas City's got a lot of freak athletes, a lot of great young talent around the best quarterback in the league. Oftentimes they use all of them. Um, so it's stretched kind of thin. Uh, you don't expect too much volume. Uh, target share for Sky Moore, who knows what it's going to be next year. Uh, but the ceiling in an offense of that caliber, I, I like the pick at this at this round of the draft. So uh, Austin didn't go over it, but the, the picks in between his 10th and 11th round were Kirk Cousins, Cortland Sutton, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Moore, Conquo, the tight end from Tennessee, and Alan Lazard. Uh, I was really targeting Elijah Moore here. Uh, I would have loved to have gotten him in you know, middle of the 11th round. I think that's great value for him. But because I didn't, because I am very happy with my uh, wide receiver room, I am going to go with uh, yet another running back, and that's going to be Tyler Algier. Uh, I think that the – I know, the, the way he finished last um, season and the, the value that I'm getting him at right here – I don't see a scenario where the Falcons don't use him at least some. Uh, yeah, Bijan is going to get the majority of the touches and you know be the main guy there, but Algier is going to get work. Uh, we're going to see him quite a bit and you know different packages and stuff. And he was very efficient when he got the touches last season. Man, I really needed to handcuff my first round pick in this July mock draft, so I'm really. <laughs> really disappointed that didn't happen. My my season is um it's looking bleak. I'm pretty disappointed. Ruined. So after Connor took Tyler out here, Daniel Jones was picked, and then I'm still without a tight end. And at this point, it's you can kind of talk yourself into any one of these guys. You can also talk yourself out of any one of these guys. Uh, I'm gonna choose today to talk myself into Greg Dulcich. Because Sean Payton has a history of using athletic tight ends in his offense and making them good fantasy producers. So I'm going to go with that. 
All right, I end up claiming this guy on waivers just about every year, so I'm going to get out ahead of it a little early. I think he could be the top target for 2023's first overall pick. I'm going to take DJ Chark, Carolina. Oh, I was sweating there. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that pick, Simon. Yeah, I too. Hey, thanks. Thanks, guys. Wow, appreciate it. The, The value of that pick is pretty big. For my final pick, I will take a guy who was drafted in the fifth round of the 2020 NFL draft. He's with the Chicago Bears. That's Darnell Mooney. I know DJ Moore is there, but I think Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus or whatever his name is, they're going to open up the offense a little more, kind of give him the keys a little more, and hopefully throw the ball a little more so Darnell Mooney can score me some points. And then to uh, wrap out the last three robot picks, uh, Darnell Mooney, and then Dalton Schultz, and Cole Komet. Billy's a robot. Just a bot. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, I'm used to Austin having three around him, but yeah. I mean, Billy is a little bit of a bot, let's be honest here. I am a bot. Okay, hold on. There's, there's an elephant in the room here. Nets, Aaron Rodgers did not get picked. Wow. I, wow. I mean, obviously, there's going to be more draft picks. He would get picked, but we just did 11, like a full 11 rounds of a 12 team league without Aaron Rodgers getting picked, which I find a little disturbing. I mean, I'm I'm definitely looking to back up Deshaun Watson, and I think Rodgers is definitely someone I would be looking for in this like upcoming round, but. If I didn't own, he would have fallen this far. I mean, maybe a punt quarterback and take Aaron Rodgers late. See, I think that that has more to do with the fact that we had six just auto draft teams on here. They're always just taking the next available. I think his ADP has dropped a little bit because of his age. Uh, I think that if you have a twelve team of real humans. I mean, he's getting taken ahead of you know Kirk Cousins. I would imagine Anthony Richardson. In redraft formats, uh, also Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, he's he's getting taken ahead of some of these guys that got picked by yeah. the uh, the AI. Yeah, Team and... Twelve is rocking with Anthony Richardson for a redraft. So I mean, that's not going to happen. Yeah. He's on the no. Trey Lance plan. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't think that this is really indicative of where Aaron Rodgers is going to go this season. I think that it's just because we only had six guys actually drafting. There's and six quarterbacks took, better than him. Yeah. And if you're and in a 12-man league, one of them is buying in on the Jets this year. So yeah. It, it's definitely gonna happen. But uh that is gonna be it for us. Uh a whole 12 rounds of all of our thoughts. We really appreciate uh you guys coming out and hopping on here with us. Uh, I believe that we'll be posting this draft result onto our, our Twitter at Tricky Takes, and that's Tricky with two eyes. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, follow all the guys on the Box Score Network. Uh, really excited to be rolling that out and, you know, doing a lot more of this collaboration like we're doing tonight. Uh, and, you know, just go out. Baseball's ramping back up now that we're past the All-Star break, so about to probably get into some more of that. Uh, that's all we got for this week. Uh, really appreciate it. Give us a follow, like us, share us. Rate us on, you know, all the the platforms and uh, take care.